0: Hey NAI football fans. This is Corey Thorpe with another edition of the NAI ball Podcast powered by Adcraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. That's right. Our friends at Adcraft USA have stepped up their game to become the presenting sponsors of our podcast and live show. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. Adcraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping, and helping your customers if they have questions so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com and adcraftwebstores.com. All right, guys, tonight we have our final coach interview of the offseason. It's been the longest short offseason I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, is that about right? It's Chris Oliver from Lindsey Wilson. It's the national champion, Chris Oliver from Lindsey Wilson. Is that about right? The longest short off season we've ever had? <laughs> that is
1: absolutely right. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't that long ago. We were doing a, a live interview. I think I was on the bus, mm-hmm. still in Grambling. I think I was still in the Grambling property. Uh, we were leaving the, the stadium after the, the national championship game and. That was not that long ago,
2: so here we are. No,
0: it was. I think um, it's it's like three months ago. This last week or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah, y'all were passing out pizza. That was super fun. Y'all were jacked.
1: <laughs> it was fun.
0: There's no doubt. So, Coach, let's let's look back a little bit at last year before we before we get going on, and and uh, we'll look back at a national championship season. First off. Has that sunk in yet?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it has fully sunk in. And um, it, it maybe it's just the fact that training camp is upon us. And you know, as the time we're recording this, we are within a month of game one for for fall twenty twenty one. So um, I, I think for the most part, it has sunk in, and maybe we forced that here the past handful of weeks because. Our focus is, is completely on on this fall. Um, you know, we're still excited about what our guys achieved, uh, but you know that's that's kind of old news for us. Even though it was still still somewhat recent in the the weird uh, COVID calendar, but you know it sunk in, and it was an awesome experience. And we you know we're looking forward to continuing this journey.
0: So a year ago. Uh, you, you really start your season off in February. You do get a postponed game uh, at Georgetown. You make that up in March. But you really start your season off with a bang, uh, with a win at home over Cumberlands. Talk about the confidence that that instills in your team to get that win that early. Yeah, you know,
1: the, the funny thing is, we're, we're out there, and, and you know, I, go, I went back and I was looking at some some notes from some coaches' meetings and team meetings and things as we're preparing for this fall and, you know, looking at notes from team meetings in late January uh, of, of 2021 before we are getting ready to kick off. And it, it, it's that part of it still is surreal to, to go back only six or seven months and see those notes and see the things we were
2: talking about as a team, as a coaching staff. Little did we know that, we, you know,
1: we would finish the season as the national champions. And that's not to say that we didn't think we had that opportunity and that chance, but you never know what's going to happen in, in this sport or any sport. Um, you know, so so to, to start off with with uh, a big win and, and get, you know, moving on our, our schedule there in early February, uh, it was certainly a, a feather in our cap and, and, you know, we were all in the in, mid-south conference pushing back our our season from the fall to the spring nobody played any games in the fall which was a little different than some of the other conferences across the the landscape and to get started with a a big win in in the second week of february was certainly uh you know a a big momentum builder for us and to get to get moving and and build that confidence but you know the, the funny thing is you mentioned the the postponement with Georgetown, well, that, that had nothing to do with COVID. It was all due to weather. And, and you know, it, we're fortunate not to have any COVID delays or COVID cancellations in, in the spring season in May. Uh, but, the, or excuse me, in, in, in you know, just the spring season that went on in the Mid-South Conference. Uh, but the big thing was was the weather that got us at, at a few different spots w- across the the landscape of Kentucky and Tennessee and all those things, ice storms in February and all that. But it was a, a, a big momentum aspect to get rolling there early, and, and obviously we built on that as we went through.
0: One thing that really strikes me looking back at 2020's team is the differences in how you won games. Now, a lot of these games, when you look back at, at what the final score shows, they don't look they don't look close. Um, I'm, I'll pull out the Georgetown game, for instance. I, we, we had a lot of Georgetown people firing back at us after after that game uh, where y'all won 35-14. Yeah. But it was close. Yes. Uh, talk about winning in different ways and, and how, how that built your team the way it did. Well, I think that's exactly
1: right. I, I think that uh – You know, championship teams find ways to win and and different methods, and and not everything is pretty. And that was, you know, something that um, you know we continued to hear through the season is either we, you know, we were a team that started slow or you know those types of things. You know, I don't, I don't think we let it get to us from that standpoint of being too concerned because at the end of the day, you either go one and zero or you don't, and you know we continued to do that. But you look at the Georgetown game, you know, Georgetown. Uh, is a great program they were a very solid team last year and, and they played us as tough as anybody and you look at that game yeah it's 35 14 but you look at the you know you get into the, the the stats and you know i think they had more yards than we did and you know we played a little bit better from a standpoint of turnovers we played better in the red zone but you know they outgained us on that day and you know i, I think you bring up a good point point. you know that's that's part of the game in football, whether it's college football or NFL or high school and that, you know, you're not always going to win every stat line, but if you can if you can play great from a turnover standpoint, red zone and you know, those things add up. But, you know, I, I think that Georgetown is a is a great program and that was a tough game for us and they played us as tough as anyone probably all year. And, you know, we know that's gonna be a, a tough contest going into the next year. But, you know, that's the name of the game in football. And whether you look at you know, Northwestern, uh, you know, who we played for the national championship, you know, they they had a game early on in the season against Morningside that didn't go their way, you know, and, and, you know, Morningside got the better of them. They come all the way back around full circle to the spring and the playoffs and they get the better of them. And, you know, that's just, you know, how the the game goes on any given Saturday or last year for us, the Mid-South played Fridays, but on any given game day, you know, it can go either way, and, and, you know, you have to be ready to go on uh, every game day and whether that goes. I think that's just a, a testament to the strength of the Mid-South Conference, but any time you can go, uh, in our case, undefeated and, and run the table, you know, it's a special type of situation. And, and you know, really proud of our guys for facing that type of adversity, you know, week in and week out, and, you know, certainly that Georgetown game was a tough one.
0: Once you got in the playoffs, and we talked about this right before the national championship game, you really had different styles that you went up against, especially as it came to the running game. Bethel's triple option, Concordia's I-formation, ground and pound, Kaiser's kind of zone look uh, with inside zone, outside zone. And then you get to Northwestern, and it's a little bit of a mystery. You've got a team that rushed a grand total of twice with their running back against Morningside the the week before their starting quarterback, who is a dual threat gets sidelined. You just don't know what you're getting into. Talk about the differences in prep and, and and putting that together.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Corey. And, and, you know, I I give a lot of, credit to our defensive staff and, you know, Coach Kleckler, our D coordinator, but our entire defensive staff and defensive players because you're exactly right. I mean, we faced extremely different challenges week in and week out from the last week of the regular season all the way through, you know, week one, week two, week three into the national championship game. And then you get to that national championship game and, you know, we find out that, you know, Tyson, likely isn't going to play in that game. So now you're preparing for a completely potentially different offense, uh, you know, in that national championship game than than what you're seeing on video the rest of the season. And there's just a a very limited amount of video available on, you know, the new quarterback who's coming in and and how are they going to handle that from a play calling standpoint. Uh, So it was a very unique set of challenges. Uh, You know, week one, of the playoffs against Bethel, Bethel is extremely physical, and they did a great job with the option. I mean, I just so terribly impressed with what they've done in their program. But you know, the way that they played in, in, in that game, and they came came out and they traveled to Kentucky, and you know, they were they were ready to play. Um, and, and fortunately, we settled in, and, and you know, we did a great job. And, and then you go to Concordia, and like you said, a, a completely different type of running attack. Than what we finished week one, and then you, you go to Kaiser with the RPOs, and the zone, and the tempo, and what they're doing, and that's not something that we had seen a whole lot from opposing teams. Um, you know, and I, I I think as we look back on, you know, this 2020 season or spring 2021, however you want to view that, I mean, i just really impressed with, with how our kids handled those types of challenges. You know, the fact that we... You know, worked through that process. And won every game by three scores or more is is you know sort of surreal still as we look back on that. Just really proud of our kids, and I think our our, our assistant coaches did a great job
0: preparing our guys. One thing I'll note before we move on to twenty twenty one, just looking back at the drive chart, and and in my mind I I see it, and it, it uh, reinforces what the eye test and my, what my memory serves, y'all started fast on that. That was one thing that you didn't have to worry about being, you know, you got a, a touchdown your first drive, forcing Northwestern to punt their first four drives, uh, three of those being three and outs. Um, just what a absolute tone setter your defense especially was in the national championship game.
1: Yeah, I, I think our defense played outstanding, and, and they just took control of the game early on. And you know, it felt like we played uh, really well on special teams throughout the playoff run, and, and even down in Grambling for the for the championship game. With our special teams did a great job, and you know our, our you know punt return team did a great job setting up our offense in great field position. And just you know, you go back to the first play of the game. We you know we, we won the toss and chose to defer and kicked off and you know, we tackled them inside the 20. And, you know, uh, we take a lot of pride in our kickoff team. And you go out and you you know, put your opponent inside the 20 on, on play one of the game, just from a kickoff and, and kickoff return standpoint. And, you know, that's a, sort of a tone setter. And I think they set us up as, as a team in a great spot. And, you know, our kids take pride in that aspect. And, you know, it was certainly a big reason why we had the season that we did. And, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in that. And, you know, we've got co-special teams coordinators in our program, you know, Mike Thrower and Daniel Cotter, and, and they just uh, do a great job leading those guys and, you know, get the guys to buy into how important that is to the, the overall picture of what we're trying to achieve on Saturdays. Hey, this is Cameron Dukes from the National Champions Lindsey Wilson Blue Raiders, and this is
0: NAIF Ball. Looking forward to 2021, you've got a whole host offensively coming back. You've got three all-conference linemen uh, up front that are returning from your national championship team. You've got Cam Dukes that's coming back for what feels like his about 17th season. Um, Jalen Boyd, Josh Lewis, Jaleel Warren uh, coming back as weapons. Talk about how an already dynamic offense – Gets better.
1: Well, I think the big thing is, and this is cliche, but you know, you have to figure out what has given us success in the past or what has allowed us to have success in the past. And you know, you can't just rest on your laurels and say, well, you know, we've got uh, these guys who have have had great seasons in the past and we'll just show up and roll the ball out and that'll happen. And, And you know, we're getting as a you know, at the time we're recording this interview, we're, we're getting ready to go into training camp. And I think that's going to be a big aspect of what allows us to have success this upcoming season or not is, you know, how much do we just get back to the process of what we do in our program and the way that we prepare, the way that we practice, the way that we lift and condition and, and watch video and all those things. And, you know, are we committed to that process or are we going to be, you know, comfortable uh, and I think that's the big thing for us, and it's a big challenge for us. Is just, you know, we got to fight that comfortable feeling. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with being confident. There's nothing wrong with understanding that this is what we can achieve uh, if we are serious and we go about our business the right way. But if we're just comfortable and we say, hey, this is who we are, and we're just going to show up and, you know, we're going to do that. I mean, that's the stuff that gets you in trouble, that's the stuff that gets you beat. So, I think you have to have that hunger. You have to have that chip on your shoulder, and that's going to be a big challenge for us as we go forward. But, you know, we have the opportunity to be uh, extremely good on offense. Again, we've got a lot coming back from a, from a squad that was very productive a year ago. Uh, but that squad a year ago was hungry. You know, that squad a year ago was coming off a loss in the semifinals against a really good Marion program. You know, and that squad went through offseason conditioning with a chip on their shoulder and they busted their butt and they, you know, went through and, and went through meetings and installation and they were serious about all, all those things. Well, this is a whole different challenge moving forward. And even though we have that talent, and we have those guys back, you know, we got to really challenge them to just go about the process in, in that same sort of way and then up it even more. Because guess what? We've got, a, we've got a really big target on us, and, and we've got everybody uh, gunning for us. So I, I think it's a fun challenge, but, you know, it's a, it's a serious thing there, and especially coming off just a, a three-month season.
0: That is one thing I did want to ask about. Y'all's big thing, and from the starting lineup to the guys who carry the water bottles, everybody knows 1-0. Everybody is all about 1-0, and and, and and really and truly, I can't think of any situation where that really is more impactful than the one you're heading into. How do you keep being 1-0? How have you styled the delivery of 1-0, or how do you plan to do it since you're heading into camp tomorrow? Uh, how do you plan on styling 1-0 differently coming off of a chip on your shoulder gear versus a year where you don't want to be complacent
1: yeah that's an awesome awesome question um you know the the thing in our program is if if i could rewind you back to january of 2020 okay so we're we're pre-covid we didn't know we were getting ready to go into you know kind of nationwide quarantine in, in march of 2020 but for us in our program we were coming back from Christmas break we were coming off a season in 2019 that I just referenced like you know you lose in the semifinals to Mary in a great program you go up to their place you know we played with them for for 68 minutes or 60 minutes you know we had, we led for 58 minutes when uh, we just didn't quite get it done against a, a great team and you know you come back as a squad in in January you know for us in our program even though that is fresh and that is in everyone's mind and you know that's something that everybody knows about you know for me as a head coach that's not something that i'm i'm playing on that 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 string a whole lot you know for us and this is so cliche but you know we're going to go back to talking about our process and our program and how we go about our business and how how can we do that better and You know, as we went through January and then into February and getting into winter conditioning, and then into early March before spring break, and you know all that stuff, we knew COVID was in the world, but we didn't, you know, have that shutdown yet. I mean, I didn't talk about Marion and that loss very much at all in our program, and that just wasn't going to be the thing that we motivated on. Now, I fast forward here to you know, getting past the semifinals and winning a national championship. And I, I mean, I don't plan to take our program and, and all of a sudden start focusing on, hey, we won the national championship and this is what we need to do. And, and you know, this is the process, and all those things. I mean, we're going to get back to the basics of what our program is about. And, and that is our culture. That is our process day to day. That is the things that we challenge our guys to execute the details exceptionally. And I know that sounds so boring and that sounds so cliche and it's like coach speak, you know, through and through, but really that's, you know, what we talk about as coaches. And that's, that's how I've tried to wire our guys as the head coach of our program. So we know that we have a huge challenge uh, in front of us and we have a huge target on our backs And don't get me wrong, there's going to come a day in training camp where I may feel like we're dragging and we're not meeting the expectation. And I'll probably end up saying, hey, you know, this isn't last year, you know, national championship is a year ago. I mean, that day is going to come because because every head coach is going to do that in, in that situation. But that's just not the way in the big picture that we're going to be wired and we're going to try and get back to the basics of, how we go about that process every day, and we're going to try and do it better than our opponent every week, and, and that's the challenge for us. And, and again, Corey, I know that sounds cliche, but that's just the way that you know I've been wired as a head coach, and that's the way that I've tried to build our program.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, whether it's in football, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your faith, the day to day isn't sexy. It's <laughs> Yes. You know, it's it's all about showing up and doing your job, and that everyday faithfulness is such a big thing in no matter what your context is.
1: You're you're exactly right, and and, you know, people talk about the journey is is so much more fulfilling than the the final destination, and I you know I don't know if it's the fact that we only have a three month off season. as compared to winning a national championship back in mid December and being able to have a nine month off season or whatever, but it is what it is for us. You know, this is the time when we we were able to to achieve that first national championship. And here we are, we've got a, a three month off season and we've got to turn the page really quickly and and we've got big challenges coming up in front of us and and, you know, we, we've got to make sure that our guys are ready and that we have last year behind us. It doesn't mean that we can't, uh, you know, enjoy it and reminisce and, and understand that we did something great. But, you know, the, the path forward is about 2021. And, you know, guess what? Right, right now everybody in the country is, is zero and zero, and, and we're looking forward to that next challenge.
0: Let's talk about that quick turnaround that you talked about, going back into camp after three months. It's been a really interesting dichotomy. When I talked to Coach McCarty of Northwestern last week, you know, we talked about the fact that they got this layoff in the middle of their season where they got to do spring ball basically all over again before going into the playoffs. For y'all, it's just been one unbroken string. How do you make sure that your guys are physically ready to go again within the span of a year as well as mentally prepared.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we played 11 games from February 12th through May 10th. So, you know, we're a little bit different than, than what Northwestern or what a lot of the schools uh, across the country at the NAI level were. So, you know, our guys played for the better, you know, part a, a full season now obviously that's a little bit unique to play 11 games through the national championship rather than you know maybe 14 in a, in a normal season but either way our returners played a full season's worth of football and wear and tear on their bodies
2: in the spring semester so we we play May 10th we we came back, we, we bust back and, and got back to campus
1: on May eleventh and you know, showed up to the stadium, you know, midday and went through that process. And you know, the weird thing for us is, you know, we were we we were just coming out of finals week. Our finals were the week before. Our non travel guys had already went home, so I mean we didn't even see them after the national championship game, our travel squad guys who went to the national championship game, we got off the bus and I said, hey let's have a team meeting in, in the home stands at the locker room in about 15 minutes. Uh, so we got off the bus, unloaded, saw our, our welcome committee that, that met us after the game we went and did a, a really quick team meeting at the stadium and, and you know then our guys all left campus in the next 24 hours. Uh, you know, and for the most part, went home for the summer. So that's a different dynamic from that standpoint. And and now we got to turn the page. So for us, we gave our guys a couple weeks. We we you know had our our summer workout program, and, and you know uh, our guys were, were on board with that. We wanted our freshmen and, and our guys who, for the most part, weren't our travel squad guys. You know, we wanted those. You know, guys, on that, but we try to give our guys a little bit of a breather, and we try not to, you know, be be screaming down their necks and all that. Uh, from a standpoint of just contact, and you know, we let them have a couple of weeks. But as we turned the page around the the last week of May, you know, we tried to really ramp up our contact with everybody across the the roster, and you know, just make sure we were we were communicating that of of hey, we've had our our rest time coming off this long season, we got to start to turn the page towards fall of 2021. Uh, but it's a very different challenge than any other year we've ever gone through. You know, normally, you know, we finish spring football around the third week of, of April, and then we have about two weeks of classes through May, and then you know we are on our guys from the from the beginning of May about that summer strength and conditioning manual and, and, you know, what needs to be done and working towards fall camp and all that. And this year was just such a different dynamic of, you know, understanding, hey, a lot of our guys just played 11 weeks and everybody on our returning roster played 11 weeks, whether they were on prep team or whether they were playing on, on you know, game days or any of that. So we were really trying to, to adjust – that tone and adjust that expectation because we want our guys to be physically and mentally fresh as we go into this fall at the same time we don't want to be lazy you know we, we can't be in a situation where you are or we are not physically and mentally prepared for this upcoming challenge so I, I think that's just been such a different dynamic than any other year we've gone through but i i'm Confident that as we go into training camp, that those guys are gonna, you know, come in and be ready to go, and, and you know, as we move forward into this fall, I think the big challenge for us is is figuring out ways to make sure that our our returners who just went through 11 games in the spring are physically ready for September when it comes. Uh, but not getting them too many reps, allowing their bodies to be, you know, fresh and ready to go. Getting our young guys uh, a lot of the reps. I think we have to find ways to to manage those reps as we go through training camp, and that's that's easier said than done, and that's going to be a big challenge for the next couple of weeks.
0: Well, Coach, looking at your schedule for 2021, I'm I'm don't don't check me here, but I'm going to skip game one. I'm going to skip right to game two. Um, <laughs> We're we're, we're preparing for Weber international don't don't let's let's (laughs) I'm going to go straight to Kaiser. I know you're not looking ahead, but, you know, good and well, they're going to be out for blood. They're going to be out for uh, getting getting back as they uh, were in the playoffs. Talk about that rematch so early on in your season. Yeah, well, we are preparing for Weber International, and you knew I was going to say that. So uh, let's just say that
1: first. Uh, You know, I think the the really odd or or interesting thing about the Kaiser situation is that, you know, both Kaiser and us, we knew uh, way back last winter when we got the 2021 fall uh, Mid South Conference schedule that we were going to be playing week two. So well before we ended up playing in the semifinals, um, you know, we knew that this game was going to be on the schedule for for this fall. Uh, and then it just so happened that we worked our way through the playoffs and that ended up being the semifinal match. So, you know, that, that may be a, a weird thing to see from an outsider that, you know, it works in that way. But it was almost like, uh, both of us knew that you know, well before we played that, and then all of a sudden you know, here are the semifinal matchups, so we kind of knew on Saturday night that, yeah, we're going to play Kaiser and, and Morningside's going to play Northwestern, and, and here we are, and, and, you know, oh, by the way, we, we're going to play each other again next fall. So it's kind of a reverse thought process, but it's something that everybody within the schools already knew was going to happen. But yeah, it's certainly a unique situation, and Kaiser's a great program, and they were really tough. And you know they're going to be motivated to come up here and, and play us great. and That's going to be a big challenge for sure. But uh, I can tell you that we are we are fully uh, all, all hands on deck for Weber in week one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I knew <laughs> and you're and you
1: were going to. knew I was going to say that because you know it's true.
0: I know. I know it's true. I knew you were going to check me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I'm really looking forward to watching the Mid South come fall. You know, you've just got a lot that's going on within the conference. You've got uh, a team in in U Pike that's uh, brought over the uh, head coach from a really up and coming Kentucky Christian program, uh, Corey yeah. Phipps. That you've got a new head coach at St Andrews that you've got to you've got to deal with with that. And as, oh, by the way, I mean you know if you're in the Appalachian, you've got to deal with a new head coach over at at KCU as well. Um, so it's it's really going to be a really interesting uh, dynamic. in getting all the teams back together, playing at the same time with with the Sun Conference schools, you know, rejoining the other two. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. It's going to be a great it's going to be a great year of football. I've been looking forward to it ever since I've been seeing all these rosters and literally the lack of turnover on these rosters. You know, yeah. It is going to be one of the greatest years we've seen.
1: Yeah, I think uh, nationwide it's going to be just so interesting because of that uh, you know the the extra turnover, the, those extra questions about who's coming back uh, you know nationwide and with with covid and all those things and I mean, you know, uh, not to just tooth the horn of the NAI, but man, we should be
2: so proud. Mm-hmm as an organization that we we stayed
1: the course. Uh, we found a way to host a championship, not only in football, but in essentially every sport. Uh, even though it was so unique, I mean for us, I go through, yeah, okay, you, you had the FBS championship, but the only other levels that got it done
2: in the the twenty 2020, twenty twenty one school year are the
1: the FCS uh, AKA 1AA, and then the NAI. You know, we should be so proud that, that we stayed the course and we did that. And I think we came out stronger for it. And I think you look ahead to what the, the fall 2021 schedule holds for NAI football. And I think it's just very exciting. I think the Mid South Conference is, is loaded. Um, and it's not just, you know, LWC, but I, I think all three divisions. I think. We've got a great product, and I think we've got uh, a lot of really solid teams. You know, some of the ones you've mentioned for sure, and then you know, Southeastern. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll put a, a, a mention in for them. I mean, they're a great program, and you know, they're a program that was probably outside of the rankings uh, too far for you know for a few reasons. But you know, that's a program that's going to challenge Kaiser and the Sun. You know the Appalachian Division is getting better, and I think the Bluegrass uh, really matches up. You know, at this point, as well as, as any other division across the country, and with all due respect to you know the G Pack and the MSFA, I'm I'm really uh, partial. I think the, the MSC Bluegrass is is extremely strong and extremely deep. So I think it's just an exciting time for not just the MSC, but but for NAIF football as a whole. And, and you know, we're looking forward to you know, getting back a little bit more to normal and, and hopefully moving forward with this, this next season and having a fall championship and not a, not a spring championship.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast powered by Adcraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com forward slash N-A-I-A-F ball and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.